It's Tia. It's been a Mississippi minute, but we bite, baby. What's up, Pink Posse? It's your girl, Josh. And yep, we back at it like a crack at it. It's your girl, Jiggy, a.k.a. Tanika. Listen, pull up on us. It's time to cut up, because we back. What's up, Pink Posse? It's your girl, Koji. And we're back. Pink Sunday. Well, hello, hello, hello. It's your girl, Koji, and we are back for another edition of Pink Sunday Radio. Last night, we did Higher Ground 103. I have my wonderful, beautiful co-host with me, Tanika. Hey, y'all. Tia. Hello, hello, hello. And Ja is on the line. Hey, hey, everybody. Okay. Um, Cool. So I hope everyone had a great week, first of all. I may sound a little out of breath because I'm a little out of breath. So we did 103, higher ground. Y'all know that we have, you know, a little disclaimer and – some instructions for how the show is going to flow today. I will let Ja take that away. All right, Pink Posse, a little call etiquette. So please mute your phones when you are not talking to prevent background noise as much as possible. We definitely want you to get your complete thoughts out. However, please try to be as concise as possible. That means brief and comprehensive. And once your point is made, we may disconnect you, but please hit us back if you would like to speak on another topic. Let me uh, also just want to say that the views and opinions expressed in this show are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or position of any entities they represent unless specifically quoted. This song is, I mean, this song, Lord have mercy, this show (laughs) is rated mature. So listener discretion (laughs) is advised. (laughs) I don't know what's going on with that. (laughs) Okay. All right. So just some credits for the episode. It was directed by Millicent Shelton, um, writers for Tori Hall, Liz Garcia. We have uh, Keith Joseph Atkins as the executive story editor. Um, let's see, I'm like so behind, so behind today. And we have the usual music supervisors who are, who is what, Sarah Bromberg? I'm so behind today. And uh, Stephanie Diaz-Matos, yep. Thank you so much, my dear. Yes, Sarah Bromberg, Stephanie Diaz-Matos, thank you so much. All right, so the first thing that I want to tell Posse, and I've been on everybody's head and everybody's ass, is to vote for our show, E-Valley. They are nominated for six, six NAACP Image Awards. Those categories are Best Drama Series, Outstanding Actor and Actress, Outstanding Supporting Actor and Actress as well as 
um, soundtrack and compilation album. You can go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. Now, there's one email per vote. However, y'all know how to navigate that, so y'all can put in one, a couple of more votes, okay? So even during the show today, because um, we'll be talking, we'll be on the air for a couple hours, so feel free to go ahead and vote and chat and everything else, okay? Reach out to your family, your friends, people you ain't talked to in about two years. Just tell them, hey, girl, checking on your vote, okay? All right, so we're going to open up the conversation today with Sadie's and coach. Um, now, we have discussed higher ground before. I think it's been a couple of months, y'all. Mm, yeah. A couple of months now. Um, but, of course, whenever we do the rewatches, we always have a new angle and something different to say. I know last time that I didn't realize um, that it was a fantasy or whatever. I think you corrected me on that, Tanika. And then upon rewatching it, the way the cinematography was set up with Coach and Sadie, I didn't even realize that she was still on the stage at one point. Like he was in the fantasy, then they panned the camera, and she was on the stage. And I totally missed it. So um, do y'all want to add anything to the Sadie's and Coach? Uh, I think we went over a lot of this the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think the 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 thing that stood out to me was how much she told him that it was a fantasy. Like I, last time, I talked about how how uh, she knew this w- wouldn't work. The the idea that he was selling of him basically of her basically being his mistress and she knew that wasn't going to work but she pretty much told him straight out that what he wanted was a fantasy and and none of that wasn't going to work and i don't think at this point she was fully on board um being that much of a sex worker i know you know the stripping that she does is kind of sort of sex work but she hadn't uh, come around to being a full-on mistress and what she considers a hoe. So so none of that was mm-hmm. was where she was, like, in her life and okay with in her mind at that point. We know she kind of got there mm-hmm. when she had no choice in season two, but she wasn't with it now. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Josh, do you want to add anything? Um. The only difference that I really saw, I want to say, it's more so between season one and season two with the coach, is that in this scene, when she brings up his wife, he seems a little bit more like, oh, you know, like, you know, kind of like, kind of like, why well, you have to bring her into it, or almost as if the wife would not be um, okay with that situation. You know, like definitely, this is a fantasy. Not that this moment is a fantasy, but this idea he has in his head of putting her up and her coming to the games and her being on his arm publicly um, mm-hmm. is a fantasy. And then when he brings, when she brings mm-hmm. her wife into it, it brings it back to that reality, like, you got a wife, you know. But then I know later on, he's like, my wife already knows. 
So um, it's interesting to imagine what would take place between this particular episode and um, was it murder night when they have this conversation and yes. he's like, it was my night. wife already knows. You know what I'm saying? Like, my wife knows, and this is going to be the situation. So, I mean, I know it's a TV show and, and everything, but I think it's really interesting to think about what took place um, between Higher Ground and Murder Night that took it from, like, oh, yeah, you're right, you know, I got a wife, to, oh, she already knows, and it is what it is. Because I didn't understand that, too. It seemed like, okay, the wife doesn't know. And then I think it was almost like, um, I mean, we saw in season two where they had the contract drawn up and everything else like that. However, I think in season one, I think because he really, really wanted uh, Sadie to be his mistress. Or what did he say? Be in the box, right? Like, what? Coach. Right, he wanted her at the skybox. Thinking. Yeah, he pointed her in the skybox, mm-hmm. and so I think the whole, my wife knows, sometimes I feel like he was just saying things to really get her there. I just don't know if the wife knew at that time, but I mean, you know, at season two, like I said, it was the contracts drawn up, so. But apparently he's done this before, right? Yeah, I can imagine right. that he's had he, a, a few girls that his wife didn't know about, and maybe that the the idea that he do, that she doesn't know is maybe more exciting to him than you know the whole contract yes. and everything negotiated that way. Yes, yeah, I agree because even when they were all having sex and didn't she say something like, you know, I don't, I can't even remember because we haven't watched the episode in a minute. But I think you could tell that he's had more than one girl and she's always just kind of be she's always been just on board with it, but like she said, he didn't even know that she liked pussy, so, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. There's a lot of disconnect with the wife and coach. Um, Tia, do you have anything to add, my dear? I was pretty much going to say the same thing. I did kind of notice that, because this is the first rewatch in a little bit that I pretty much just, like, watched and commented. I didn't really have a lot of my own um, posts or tweets to go up, but I did mm-hmm. notice him kind of... Um, very, when when she, when she mentioned his wife, it was like, oh yeah, you know, minor technicality, my wife, and what? it was kind of like, <laughs> it, it, I don't I don't feel like there was an agreement between him and his wife here the way that he says it on murder night. Here, I think the agreement was I turn a blind eye to whatever you do, but I think in this scene, Mercedes kind of made it clear that that probably wasn't going to work for her. And there was no way she Mm -hmm. was going to be one of his girls without having it actually spelled out where the wife knew and everything else. And I think between Mm -hmm. this episode and murder night, he had a discussion Mm -hmm. with his wife because he was mm-hmm. planning on propositioning Mercedes for real with it and the wife being on board, because I think in the time that he's even dealt with her, because as a regular, I'm sure they've had a ton of conversations for her to even know he has a wife. So I'm sure they've right. had a ton of conversations and she, whatever they're going to do, the wife has to know. So I definitely think um, 
Sarah turned a blind eye before and it was just like whatever, but I, I think the agreement here happened more because of Mercedes and less because of Farrah. Right. Right. And one thing I can say about Mercedes, she's not a roll the dice type person. You know what I'm saying? She likes to have things guaranteed, lined up, and there can't be no in between type stuff, you know? With her, which I respect because she wants her gym. She wants things to go, you know, this way and that way. And I just think the coach, his offer was kind of lukewarm. And at that time, Mercedes just kind of felt like, hey, this is transactional, this is business, and that's it. But I think we all know in season two, the desperation became a little bit more. So, you know, um, but okay, cool. So we can move on to Haley and Gidget, which is not that much. But the only thing that I noticed with the whole wig thing is that she was trying on all the colors, and then Gidget was like, oh, it's the blonde, you know, because they always have that light skin of the bitch and, you know, yellow, high yellow, da 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 So I, I didn't know if that was an intentional thing to have Gidget, you know, Tell her, oh, this is the wig you look good in, you know, it's blonde, et cetera. So I didn't know if I was supposed to get anything from this thing or it was just there. To, I actually you know, got a little something from this okay. scene. We've talked okay. about, as you know, we dive deep into the characteristics of people, especially from our Fatal Flaws conversation last week. Mm-hmm. I This is... Yes. And I think it's partly because of her upbringing. I really feel like Haley doesn't know who she is. Because when I was looking at them wigs she was trying on, I was like, how did you get there? (laughs) None of these seem like your style. Like you came on the bus, you had a natural fro, then you did whatever you did. Now it's, it's long and it's black. There's no, it was the peacock with the red. And then the green, and I was like, how did you get to even picking these out at the wig store? Because they're not even your style. So this gave me a lot more insight into Haley really doesn't know mm-hmm. who she is. And I, and I, I, you know, she grew up in a group home, and her she doesn't know. She's never That's dealt with it. And, I, and mm-hmm. I saw, and this is weird and kind of, I saw a lot of similarities between her and Peek in this of growing up in a group home and not totally knowing who you are. Hmm. Okay. Okay, little new Aang. Hmm. That's interesting to me because I always felt like Teak knew exactly who he was. Right. Hmm. Okay, okay. I I feel like he was just struggling. But he knew exactly who he was. He was just struggling because how much the world changed for him. But I can see the whole group home and that it's very yeah, that's very interesting. So I think Tanika, we may have our next bonus episode. Tanika, who do you think Teak knew as Teak? Threw me for a loop with that question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Not her putting you on blast live on the spot. I I don't know how to answer that, but I feel like Teak knew. Like what? 
what did Teak give you that that makes you question the idea of him knowing who he was? I feel like he was very familiar with his sexuality, mm-hmm. but in the scene when he, you know, when they before the bomb chicken wow wow, when he was talking to oh, Murder about <laughs> he doesn't understand why his mother had them. It, he didn't. It seemed like he didn't know his place in the world because everything he's seeing, like you know, he's like broke nigga, rich nigga, president nigga. They it don't matter who you are because no matter what you identify as, you're still a nigga. And I don't. I think in that way. So murder has. I am going to be a successful rapper and have the successful rap career. That's who he is. Right. Unk. I am the proprietor of the pink and what I do is I graduate girls from this life to their next life. I don't know that Teak ever had I'm Teak and this is what I give to the world. So I can I can see the idea that he doesn't know his place and his purpose in the world. But to me that's different from Haley's uh, I fully agree. Yeah, of of yeah, I fully agree. not knowing who she is as a person. I don't know. It's it's different right. to me. But do you think right. Haley knows her purpose also? Because it seems like she's a little lost. She's done some things that she's good at. Like she's probably good with numbers. We talked about that. Like we all mm-hmm. wish she had been like the numbers person of the paint because right. that's obviously something she's good at. Do you think that like because so my thing is how are you the numbers person the the whatever she was, the corporate accountant, the accountant how yeah. are you at the pole palace taking twerk lessons? Like, it's, it's kind of like she's trying to, as I said about murder, shapeshift into either what she thinks she should be doing or what people are guiding her to do. I don't see that as teak. I just think, so you're actually right, it's not the same, I guess I think I'm seeing the same type of trauma, but it's manifesting yeah. in different ways, mm-hmm. but somewhat similar okay. ways. That's true. So and I'm, also we have to remember we're just on episode three. So right now we didn't even know a lot of things about Haley, um, you know, as the audience was. But I see what you're saying. John, do you want to add anything before we move on to Andre? Yes. Um, also, I noticed. Well, so to speak to as far as like maybe Haley not knowing who who she was or that scene in particular, I don't, I don't, I didn't look at it as her not knowing who she was. I think um, she was trying on the different um, wigs and things, but I also recognize those were the wigs that she used in the situation with. Um, with right. ladies later on when they were, uh, you know, going to the different telexes. But also to speak to that other point, um, as far as Teak, I think I agree. Teak saw himself as a protector. Teak saw himself as, mm-hmm. um, you know, that sort of thing. But I think he was struggling with who he was in the new world as well as mm-hmm. um, that situation with his mother and saying, I don't know why she had us. I think that spoke more to his mother being who she was and him just being like, if you were going to be this type of mother, like, 
why would you have us? You know, what was your purpose in becoming a parent for this mm-hmm. to turn out this way? But I think he always saw himself as a protector of those who were younger or smaller or those who, you know, others were harming. You know, Haley, and the, and the speech is a part about her taking her lessons, I personally just saw it because of the flashbacks they have later on where she's dancing for Montavious. I think she was doing just what Sadie's was setting up. She took some pole classes to entertain her man at home. Like, I go to, there's a um, class we have out here in Phoenix that I go to sometimes, and it's a twerk class. And I go just to dance, have fun, let loose, you know. Um, Sometimes people really just, you know, go to something like that you know, to spice up, either to spice up their bedroom or to just um, have a good time with the girls, you know. So maybe she took classes there for him, you know. Valentine's Day, I'm going to put on a strip tease. (laughs) (laughs) But also, also with that, Ja, excuse me, also with that, Ja, because I want to, before I lose my thoughts on what you just said, being in an abusive relationship too, that was probably, like, a lot of comfort for her to be able to escape and go to the classes. So I think it was not only her learning, but just like with Mississippi, she's in an abusive relationship, and she's like, the pink for her, that's her solace. So um, I think those pole dancing classes, she probably was so excited to go take them. You know what I'm saying? Because I can't imagine you being in that kind of traumatic, abusive relationship and you're just there 24-7. Any kind of escape is a breath of fresh air for you. So, yeah, I just wanted to add that on to what you were saying, Jai, because that's very true. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we can move on to um, Andre. I mean, Child, the, the the texting and like I said on Twitter, it was just like he act like he got got caught cheating or something. You know, waiting on the call from Bill. He's looking at pictures of Haley on the computer. He's texting her with that ugly emoji. Uh, what is it called? Bitmoji or whatever it is. And I, my thing at that time, I don't know. Andre is just so he's too much at, at with Haley as far as I'm concerned. Um, do you want to add anything to that, Tanika? I know we've discussed his creepiness before, but I know I, the angle, last time y'all asked if he gave me creepy, I said no. He gave corny. He's definitely giving creepy here. Now that I go back and look at it, him staring at her picture all the time on the computer <laughs> is just weird. That big-headed ass emoji that he sent for I don't know what, the way she rolled her eyes when she saw that pop up on her phone. like. And also, one thing I wondered last night watching it is when did, mm-hmm. did, did Haley ever actually start liking him? Because she definitely doesn't at this point. And I don't know when or where that happened or if it 
actually did? Like, does she like him? Y'all think she likes him? I don't know. I totally agree with that because, of course, when I start watching these, I just keep watching them. So, of course, I've watched 103 into 104 every time I've watched 103. And I said the same thing. Like, when you posted, when you tweeted that last night, because in 104, when, like, after the end of this episode, when uh, confronts Andre about everything, and then... (laughs) Haley runs after him in 104 and it's like hey Andre and he basically like reads her for feels like girl you just trying to fuck me to get some information get the fuck away from me she's like no I really liked you and I was like what <laughs> like the last time we saw you you was running away out of his hotel room yeah I never saw that so I don't know because it is weird she definitely I don't know if this is part of her game as a person like how she's gained Mercedes or she's gained Unc because it's like all up until that point and all of 103 is she's this creepy dude she doesn't want to talk to him she's like falling out with Unc like do you know what I had to do to get that and Unc is like you mean lay up with a cute rich nigga? Like, what are you talking about right now? Yeah. And she's making it delight. Yeah, yeah, and she's making it seem like this whole thing. And then all of a sudden, next episode, and I guess maybe this is how the P Valley relationships go. Yeah. <laughs> one mm-hmm. time it's like this, and the next time they're in love. So maybe this is just you know we don't understand. We just accept oh, because but... I feel like you know, that's how it is here. <laughs> Maybe she started not a, to not fall for man. him at the mound. I said, Maybe she you started to fall for him a little really? bit at the mound. Well, because, see, I think mm-hmm. when they were on that, um, well, I know she thought he was Corny Pryor, and then they go to right. the date at Taffy's. And mm-hmm. so they're listening to the story, they're kind of getting to know each other. So I think mm-hmm. it's like prior to that moment, she's like, you know, he's he's texting her like they really had sex when, you know, it was really just, you know, a little phone situation. And she's like, like you said, like, you do corny as fuck. Like, why is he on my phone? But then they go and they have a conversation. She gets to know him a little deeper. So now it's like, oh, mm-hmm. maybe there's more to this guy who, you know, because I'm, I'm starting to learn more. Then they go to the mounds and she sees that he actually has, um, a love for Chuckalisa, and he wants to help the people. So she's like, oh, okay, yeah. But then she finds, you know, creepy pictures, and she's like, oh, hell no, this dude is stalking me. I don't know what the fuck going on. You know, so I think that might be where she starts to, you know, um, feel him, and then she feels bad later on for whatever reason, after, you know, Unc's like, look, mm-hmm. he got pictures of me, you, uh, Big L, you know, he got pictures of everybody. Ain't nobody stalking you. Yeah, so then it's yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I like that about the moms. Maybe that's weird because, you know, sometimes you have to see things through somebody else's eyes. So maybe she did mm-hmm. start to feel something because her life has always been um, hopeless. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes mm-hmm. seeing a vision through somebody else's eyes can kind of give you um, means to keep going, and it looks beautiful through somebody else's eyes. I don't know if that makes sense to y'all, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, 
maybe that is why when he starts talking about, look at this, look at this, there's nothing here. You know, this is, I'm trying to basically save this community. I'm trying to do that. This is somebody who's been in a group home who felt abandoned and everything else. So she probably was having a little, you know, tussle with her inside feeling because there's a lot of damage there of who truly loves me, who truly not, who, who really cares, you know, for me. So, yeah, maybe Andre letting her in a little bit. Maybe she did start to like him then. I can, I can see mm-hmm. that too, Joe. I actually okay. shipped them a little bit on the mounds. I thought the whole interaction on the mounds was kind of cute, the running up, the mm-hmm. having the conversation. Mm-hmm. So then it did kind of like – take me back when she was like kind of running game on him in the hotel and then was like so stressed out about it talking to Unc because I thought they I did think they made a connection I thought the whole mouth thing was cute mm-hmm. so when she was like mm-hmm. that's creepy dude and then the next episode no I really like you and your wife is lucky it's like I say you know I don't understand I just accept Okay, I love that line, too, because now I'm going to start saying that shit. Just like I don't fucking know, I'm going to start using it. Okay, so Tardell and Andre at the site. Now, I will say I really did a lot of fast-forwarding throughout, before the rewatches and stuff, and I really did not pay too much attention to details. And then with me and Ja were discussing everything at the production meeting, she brought up quite a few things, such as spirituality and, and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, Tidell tells him a lot of people leave and don't come back. Um, and he was just, he is very, very avid on saving a community that he did leave. And I find that so interesting. I mean, we just don't know a lot about him at this point. But rewatching it, yeah. So, John, do you want to start this off? Um, so I was just noticing that. Um, I was just noticing that in this moment, this is where we get some more um, kind of precursor hints to what's going on with the spirituality of the show. Um, We see that um, Tidal is pouring out um, liquor for the gods, for the Orishas, if you will. And, you know, Andre isn't hip to what he's doing. So he's like, why are you wasting, you know, this good McAllen? And he's like, you got to feed the gods. And so... um, I like that they show that it's not just um, it's like not just a diamond thing, you know. Ty Dale is also um, very spiritual and connected to his African roots and spirituality, which we do get to see later on at the funeral. They take in a lot of those customs and things, um, and then we also just get that conversation between Ty Dale and him about morality, like. Um, that good and evil situation that comes up in a lot of things. Is this right versus is this, this is just how it goes. This is just how we do this here, you know. And I think it's very important to note that we still have those issues going on um, in our current life, 
is here's the laws, here's here's what's humane, here's what's respectful, here's what, you know, the changes that we need to see so that everyone is loved, respected, and treated. But also you have your group of people who are like, well, this is just how it's always been. And I want to hold on to how it's always been, how we've always done things, whether it's racism, whether it's um, sexuality, whether it's um, gender acceptance and et cetera. There's always that thing about what is right and what should be right versus well, how things go, you know. Yeah, I agree with that. Tanika, do you want to add on to that? Um, I don't think I had anything to add to that. Um, uh-huh. I think what I realized was um, about the kickbacks that he was, like I knew mm-hmm. they didn't want the, the citywide vote. But I didn't realize that he was he he was giving the kickbacks to the Kyle so that they could push the casino yes. through the city council so they didn't have to have a citywide vote. I don't think I realized that part until this week, rewatch this week. Yeah, same here. Same here. That's what I'm saying. It's like these little details that you don't pay attention to. I mean, we rewatch these episodes. 50, 11 times, and there are still things that we are, you know, picking up. Tia? I noticed the same thing because I knew that he had done some things to – he had had some deals with them to get elected and just in general did a lot of the politics in his – what is he – in his mayoral race. Um, but this was the first time I realized why they were getting $6 million, um, for me, too. But I really I, – I want to see them – when you talk about the spirituality, I really want to see in Season 3 a lot more exploration of that. Like, we've got a lot of the religion, the kind of standard religion aspect. I definitely want to see mm-hmm. more of that talked about or the storylines of it expanded in future seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, so we can move on to, and I think we've kind of discussed this within the other um, situations, but Haley, Unc, in the office, do y'all, I don't know. At this point, I think I would... at this point with them, I would have never thought they would be business partners at the end of this. I never I, I never thought about that. Even though you say um, she was good with the money, and we all know Big L, he's good with money too, yeah. But I just never saw Haley being the one that ended up saving the pink, nor did I ever foresee she was going to leave um, but I mean that that's a show thing. But outside of the, that's a reality. Basically, is what I'm saying. But um, I, I just didn't see that at that point. Did y'all feel that they were going to be business partners? Or do, like, because it seemed like for me, Haley kind of stepped in 
to Mercedes position for just a bit. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but it seemed like she kind of slid in there a little bit, but that's because uh, Chris needed something, you know? And so there were times when, you know, they were in the office, she shooed Mercedes away. I think that kind of added to the resentment and not liking of Haley because now you're telling her things that you're not telling me, of all people. So do y'all have anything to uh, discuss on the, you know, on Haley? And, and Child, I barely wanted to see Haley on the show, let alone them be business partners. <laughs> oh, but, you know, besides her being the main character and all this season. But, no, I would never saw that from this interaction. Um, I am with... Job now that I watch this um, scene and all of these ID scenes, girl, you got to get, you need this ID to get this money. Why are you doing all of this goddamn pushback with Unks? And like, like Unk said, to you kicking it with, for all intents and purposes, a rich dude that likes you. He's feeding you. He's doing stuff with you. He's talking to you, and you acting like. You getting straight up slutted out for this tea, and you not, and you need this for the ID. Like you doing the absolute fucking most for the least, and that's what I see every time I see these ID stuff. Now is girl, why are you doing all this when you could have just done what Unc asked, got your ID, and gotten the fuck on? <laughs> Because she really did not like his ass. She didn't want to be anywhere around him. So how, that's why I'm confused. She did everything she could not to be near him. So how we went from that to her liking him is beyond me. Like, she was she was willing to fight Unc in this office to get this ID to not be around Andre. And Unc was going to get her ass whooped if Whoop. it wasn't for that Clifford voice. She had to act like she had to act like it. She had, she had to, to act put all the things she had in that voice, honey, to avoid that ass. The way Haley needed that ID, it would have been a bad day for my good sister. <laughs> yeah. yeah, her wig definitely would have shifted. That's for sure. So I want to say, okay. you mentioned, Koji, that you thought for a moment that she was sliding into Mercedes' spot, and I don't see that at all. What I I just feel like they had something that was, you know, she just had a personal situation going on with Haley, and it wasn't Mercedes' business. But, you know, what we've seen so far is always Mercedes having her nose up in the air about what kind of money um, – Haley is bringing in, you know, every time they're at tip out is, oh, what you do to get that, which, you know, so I think that was more the thing, like, Sadie's, this, this ain't your business, oh, this is something else going over here, but I do think it's weird that the way that they portray Mercedes and Uncle Clifford's relationship, that she didn't pull Sadie's to the side, like, girl, did you hear this is some bullshit going on? Is a casino coming? This little Haley bitch is hanging out with Andre, whoever that is. And, you know, because I know yeah. I'm going to spill the tea with my girls every rip. Like, let me tell you this bullshit that happened. But instead, Uncle Clifford is also being very um, 
you know, quiet and secretive, but I guess also so she can get that um, information before she starts running off at the mouth. But I, I did not get the you're my best friend now or you're my buddy now because you got this info. It was just more so like Sadie need to go mind her business because she's going to come in here and get this attitude with Haley and I ain't going to get what I need. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's I what I was saying, like information and not sharing because that's her ace. Like Mercedes, I've always said, that's her ace. So it's not a thing of um, that relationship being broken but here is someone that has came out of the pink sky, and now you are kind of not sharing this missing and, and that kind of stuff. So I felt like it just kind of added to the tension with Sadie and um, Haley until she needed help, right, until Sadie needed help, and just so happened Haley was the one to help her out with that. So that, that's what I was, just to clarify a little bit. Um, so do we, I think we discussed Diamond prior, like the last episode, because I was asking people about, you know, the Diamond and Mississippi. Did y'all have any added thoughts on that? I felt like, was this the first time that we kind of saw um, the ritual, the hoodoo, and everything else? Was this like the first time that we saw that from Diamond? Yeah, I, I think at, at this so. point, yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. I don't know that I... Go ahead saw this as hoodoo I, and maybe maybe right. it is and maybe I be practicing a lot of hoodoo in my life but <laughs> I saw this more as like a home remedy so when I think Tanika posted something about um a Katori talking about this and this is our introduction to hoodoo I never thought of it that way I'm a person that does a lot of home remedies with like essential oils and herbs like right now I'm recovering from COVID with some Chinese herbs and lion's mane and chaga root and stuff like that, which I suppose to some people that would be considered hoodoo or something else. But to me, it's just a home remedy. So I never saw this like that. Um, I don't know. But again, that may be, I just must be practicing hoodoo in my regular life. <laughs> I think the point was kind of a lot of the, the home remedies that we use that have been passed down from generation to generation are have, were based in hoodoo originally, and that's how we came by them. That's what I took from it. Well, it's all spirituality. It all comes from African spirituality in, in the first place. And even with hoodoo and other spiritualities, it's a mixture of not only those physical elements that you're using, but also your spirit and intention and whether you have, um, you know, all that behind it, but also some natural healing and some of those kind of ways of life, they're just all derivative from that. You know, so I agree with, I don't think that in this particular moment necessarily, this is a a hoodoo thing, but I do believe that it comes down from those passed down um, through the generations types of behaviors that come from the African spirituality that came over during the slave trade that was tried to um, be wiped out and pushed out from our people 
but that we took it and used it in other ways. And a lot of people be practicing hoodoo or other spiritualities, and they don't know, and while they at the same time using that same mouth to curse those types of things, and they don't realize that the very things they do even within the church are hoodoo, but that's another right. conversation. <laughs> A whole other conversation, conversation yeah. that I'd be having with the people that talk about spells, but never mind. Um, next right. subject. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't going to get that deep on the show. Okay, that's like that type of show. <laughs> okay, so we want to move on to Haley and Andre at the diner. The man telling the story about the mounds, Gidget and Sadie's coming in. Um, I know we discussed that before, but are there any added thoughts with the diner situation? Now, I would speak to what I paid more attention to the story this time around that the gentleman was telling. And I think something that I pay attention to now that things have to change a little bit from, I feel like the where the story was going season one, things had to change a little bit for various reasons, and one also being that Alarica was leaving the show. The story talks of how there were these nomadic-type people, and they were traveling here to there, carrying their dead on their backs, basically carrying death you know, on them, with them, and moving here and moving there and never settling until they finally got to Chuckalisa and they decided now is the time and this is a place to bury your bones. We hear Andre mention later um, in season two, he asks, oh, no, yeah, in season two, he asks her, does she ever consider settling in Chuckalisa and burying that bag of bones? And so um, it feeds to Haley, where she has never, as we hear in different episodes, she has never really had a home. Even since childhood, she has been taught never to unpack her bags. So she goes from place to place, carrying that hurt, carrying that loneliness, carrying that bullshit that she's been through throughout her life from different place to different place, picking up more bullshit. And I think initially we're seeing where Haley was supposed to look at Chuckalisa as a place that she could bury her bones and, and, and settle. But then I think, you know, due to her leaving, we see that that's not what happens. She picks up her bags and she gets on, you know, she gets on with the getting on. But I think I never really paid a lot of attention to the story that the man was telling. And into this watch, I was kind of like, Oh, you know, I think they were leading us somewhere here, you know, and we just didn't make it. So that was interesting. No, I agree with that. I think at this point in the story, the intention was definitely for Haley to to settle and build some kind of life in Chuckalisa in the pink with those people. So I agree. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, Tia, do you have anything to add? No, I don't have anything to add. All right. Okay, so let's move on to Corbin and Cliff in the field. 
I think this was a very important conversation and moment in the show. Um, for me, I think this is, well, I wouldn't say the first time I got the vibes because we did go over episode two, Freaky Friday, or Fantasy Friday, I'm sorry, <laughs> Freaky Friday. Um, so is there anything that you want to add to the Corbin and Cliff in the field? Did you notice anything this time around? I'll start with you, Tia. I didn't notice anything, but looking at, listening to Dan's interview saying that him and Corbin, coming into season one, him and Corbin are supposed to be best friends, or Corbin, him and Uncle Clifford are supposed to be best friends, and then even seeing uh, Katori and Nico's comments about, like, they're close, but they're not them kind of friends. I don't know that at this stage I got that they were friends. Because to me, this is almost the first time we really know that they even really knew each other like that. Like, because season 102, when he comes out of the Paradise Room after getting beat, I always, at that point, I assumed Unc knew him as a regular customer of the Pink. I didn't think that Unc and them, like, had this long history. It wasn't until here that it was introduced that they've known each other since childhood, but I never got best friends from this scene. It makes sense, and every time Sneaker says it, it makes sense. I love this scene, but I don't, I didn't, I personally didn't get best friends or even close friends from this scene. Did anyone else get that? Um, I think I did. I definitely didn't get it in one, two, but I don't know. It's, it was something about her reiterating that she's never told any of his secrets from childhood, that she was the only person that he could really trust. Um, and his, the, the way it was obvious that he was conflicted about lying to her it gave me, I don't know if it, I would say best friends, but definitely close friends. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I know for me, I brought up on the timeline when we were first discussing this, I, I, I agree. Like all those things point to they at least have, they, they were friends through childhood and they know a lot. But I, to me, when she rolls that neck and gives that look like, you know, this tongue stay tied. I thought that was a hint to them having something sexual going on in the past. And I feel like nobody else, everybody else was like, no, nah, I didn't get that. <laughs> and I'm like, no, nah, that look, that little cut of the eye, like, you know what's up. I ain't told none of that, you know, so whatever else. But I didn't get best friends, but just, you know, we've known each other a long time, and I know your secrets, and I've never told, you know. Yeah, because I've always said, I've always wondered why they weren't best friends, because to me, everything that they they show me leads me to believe that they should be. So for, for Dan to say that they are was a surprise to me, because Corbin doesn't act to me the way he should towards his best friend and definitely the only person in this town that he should trust. So I need some backstory about why Corbin is acting funny towards his best friend. I agree. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I wasn't sure why he wasn't fully transparent with Cliff 
with the way that conversation went. Because to me, I did pick up, like, childhood, best hood friend, best, you know, um, best childhood friends. And also, like I said, the way there was, to me, there was some tension there that just wasn't, you know, regular. And the way that Cliff looked at Corbin and the way he almost, I don't know what, but it was not just a regular look. It was like a look of, I know I'm going to be wrong or it ain't going to make sense, but it just seemed like a, a desire or 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 want or something. I don't know. It was really weird, but I guess at the at the end of the day, if we fast forward to him saying nobody does it like you, I'm just wondering how long it has been the last time that he whooped his ass. Because I'll give you in that this moment book, when I was. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'll give you in this scene, unks that my tongue stayed tied. That definitely had very sexual overtones in this specific mm-hmm. scene, and it did have me wondering, like, what does that mean in this scene? Because it was a very sexual. The way Unk moved mm-hmm. her lips, the whole thing was extremely sexual. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Um, also, I think. Ja added on about Wayne and Wyatt, the inheritance, it being put out there, too, about they were broke and stuff like that. What the fuck do y'all think they spent all that money on? Hmm. On Twitter, we said, you know, they the check at least the strangler, so it's probably, you know, legal fees, <laughs> oh my God. bodies. You know, alibis. You know, okay. that's probably what happened. <laughs> so okay. So one thing that stood out to me from from here and from the conversation that Tydell and Andre had was that leasing was much more lucrative. So even if they were mm-hmm. broke and had spent their inheritance, I don't get why they were opposed to the idea of leasing, since that would have brought them more money. So I figured this part out in one of the upcoming episodes, which I'll go into it deeper then. This is why. Because if they sold it, they get the $6 million, whether the casino comes or not. In the leasing deal, they only get that money if this casino comes for sure. Well, the casino was coming because, you know, Wayne is on the, the city council, so he's pushing it through. So they're technically, at this point, there's no reason for them to think that there would be a citywide vote. So why wouldn't it come? I agree, but that's the only reason I can think is because they get $6 million all at once to cover whatever debts, whether whatever. Like, they don't have to talk to Andre or Promised Land or anybody again. Once they sell this land, they can pay it off and go do whatever. But a lease is a – now they're technically in business with the casino forever, and 15000 a month split three ways is very different from a $6 million lump sum. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I like that question. What is Very that? true. You know, I know y'all joking about alibis and stuff, but what the inheritance has to be, the way Corbin is passing out money, the inheritance had to be pretty big because 
Corbin's the leftover, you know, the left behind stepbrother. He he he's spending money like it's uh, water. What? Well, at this point, does Corbin have money? Because remember, uh, in a couple of episodes, Cliff is talking about how she was going to ask him for the fifty-five k, and he said he didn't have it. So I don't think the money. He was saying he didn't have it because he he wasn't going to save like whatever. That wasn't something he was going to give his money to saving her club because that messes up all his other investments. I don't think he was saying he He didn't have the money. Yeah, he gave yeah, her more than that, for that ass whooping. <laughs> but I thought that was yeah, money no. that came after the agreement was made with the casino for the canal and everything. I don't know. I never took it as Corbin has, has money to burn at this point. I know at, at, at the end of season two he did. Yeah, I think he just was saying, I ain't got no money for that because I'm trying to get this casino built. I'm not trying to save your club. But, I right. mean, yeah, because saving the club is the leasing agreement. And that's what he said. Like, if you, if the pink stays, that my leasing agreement goes, and uh, my leasing agreement ain't going. So sorry mm-hmm. about that. Okay. Um, so we're one hour, three minutes in. And I just want to pause for a little family message. Hold on one second. Hey, y'all, this is Essence, a.k.a. Chunky Falunky. Just want to let y'all know that Pink Sunday Radio is the best radio show out there. Pink Sunday Radio is so amazing. If you haven't seen that, make sure you do. Hey Pink Posse, it's John Tisha. I'm just stopping by to say that I hope that Tia, Tanika, Ja, and Koji continues blessing us with the opportunity to not only voice their opinions but ours too. All right, so I want to give a big, big, big thank you to our lovely Pink Posse members who have sent their little drops to us. I appreciate it so much. Chunky Falunky, a.k.a. Essence. Um, <laughs> John Tessa. Y'all stop. John Tessa. Shout out um, for the name change, though. John Tisha. She corrected us last week. Tisha. Yep. Sorry. Sorry. John Tisha. Thank you so much for that. Tanzania also sent in one. Kendra sent in one. Lex. So we're definitely going to ask other family members to give us some and drops Brit, and we'll Brit. make sure that and Britt, I'm sorry, my bad, and Britt as well. And we will continue to just include Pink Posse in our little family messages. Okay? So thank y'all. We we really appreciate it. Um, okay, so let's move on to the Chuckalisa Chargers. Do y'all want to add anything to them fast little girls? I mean, really, she got on their ass. They still did it anyway. I don't. I don't even know the girls' responses too. Like she was like, "Oh my God, this is feminism!" And then, I mean, and then Terrica's talking back like, "Honey, where I'm from, any kind of mouth it gets either thumped or pinch twist." So uh, I don't even know. Do y'all want to add anything to that? I thought Taylor was hilarious yeah, with her. <laughs> Girl. 
my kids. She was like, we should be free to speak our minds without patriarchal consequence. I need to know. Cause <laughs> I mean, she wasn't wrong. And it's funny because you do, she wasn't wrong. And you know what? You do have these kids these days, too. Man, the conversations are crazy. So I mean, at the same time, she's gonna be she's gonna be running for office at some point. Little Taylor, yeah. Right. I need to meet her mama because wasn't she also wasn't her or her mama in the conversation about getting cancer if you get a uh, an yeah. abortion? <laughs> yeah. One of them bald head mamas. <laughs> bald headed. Huh? So I need to know who, who I, I need to see uh, Taylor Parrott. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, do y'all want to add, or Tia, Tanika, do you want to add on to that, or you just like so, move on? This is my first installment of Shell Can Kiss My Whole Ass because no, the way that <laughs> Mercedes <laughs> got here to these girls doing it is from their social media. Shell is whole ass out of town visiting her sister, which for all intents and purposes is Terika's aunt. So why the hell is Terika not with her, A, but okay, you didn't want to take her with her or maybe she, or maybe Terika didn't want to go and see her sick aunt or whatever. How is it that Mercedes saw this on Instagram, but you left your child your 13-year-old child at home by herself, and you aren't checking her social media, you have no idea where she's at or what she's doing, Shell can kiss my whole ass. That's installment one. Yeah, because you know what, Tia? My thing is she wasn't a drunk at this time. She She wasn't unemployed at this time. You know what I'm saying? Like season two, okay, cool. Like Terrica out here using the car to go get food boxes for fuck's sake. You know, but this season, she was good, you know? Like, so for you to be that, you know, like clueless or just not even clueless because you decided to have no clues, you know, you decided. So um, I agree with that, Tia. She she can kiss my whole ass too. Um, Just real quick, 860 area code, I'm going to go ahead and just pick up. Can I go ahead and pick up this call they've been holding for a while? And uh, I don't I don't think it's somebody in the chat. Are we okay to mm-hmm. Okay, okay, cool. Hello. Hey, eight six oh, who is this? Welcome. Hi. This is uh this Hi. is Shannon Thornton. I play Keyshawn. Oh, oh Shannon. <laughs> Shannon, I'm, I want to apologize to you. I'm running the switchboard here. This is Koji, and I didn't pick up your call. I, I thought it was somebody in the chat. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. So I'm from Connecticut, and I haven't changed my number yet. So <laughs> okay. I just um I just wanted to say thank you. Um, You guys have had us trending every single week. This season, was it season one, episode three? It hasn't been out in a couple years, and I think it's amazing that it was trending, was it last night? Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted mm-hmm. to say thank you for your support and discussing us every week and just keeping us 
just in the conversation and showing us so much love. My mom listens to you guys, and she's like, you have to call it. Are you so, serious? Aww. She's like, I, I had no idea. And she's like, you, there's this there's this podcast, and she's like, you got to call in and talk to, was it Jiggy? She's like, you got to talk to Jiggy and them. I'm like, Mom, what are you talking about? That's <laughs> <laughs> Mama Shannon. Yes, you know oh, my guy's name. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you know, every single person. Wow. But, uh, yes. I, What's uh, your mom's name so all. we can give her a shout-out? My mom's name is Sherry. Is it Sherry? Yes, Sherry. Hey. Thank you. Thank hey, you, Sherry. Sherry. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so, Shannon, I have a question for you if you just have a little time. Um. Yeah. For you, when you first got the when you first got the role of Keyshawn, did you do a lot of research too? Like, were you a natural dancer? Like, how did you get prepared for this role? Ooh, it's been so long. It's been about I want to say five years since I first auditioned for for the show. I prepared the material first. Um, we had three scenes. I had my particular character with three three different scenes. I auditioned with um, that scene that you see with Diamond, episode one, uh, in the uh, break room when she gives the baby over. Um, mm-hmm. When she first walks in and she busts her head, that was another scene. And it was uh, the scene with Uncle Clifford when she, it was also in episode one, when she comes in and she you see her beaten up for the first time. So mm-hmm. I prepared right. kind of inside out, you know. So um, mm-hmm. And then once the girls, once we got closer to the audition, I realized we had to dance. So that's when I started to prepare like a little, a little dance routine. Oh, okay. okay. So, and I, I'm scared. I do not want to ever see how I did in the, in the dance audition portion, but um, I I made something up. It was crazy, but <laughs> I made something but up. It my, uh, it worked. Huh? It worked. It worked. I danced to uh, Nuck a Few Bucks by the, was it the Crime Mob? And okay. it was something that I felt would, like, just bring the audience right into that world, and it wasn't a typical sexy mm-hmm. song. And it was a song mm-hmm. that I could easily make sex. So, yeah, that's how that's how I pretty much prepared. And then once we got the part, they put every single girl in whatever city they were in. They had these award-winning pole dancers uh, come in and teach us how to how to properly pole and and do it in a safe way and learn all of these tricks and. Yeah, we did that for months before we actually um, got on set, even when we shot at Tyler Perry Studios. So then we continued like, throughout the season just learning learning how to be a, a, a actual pole dancer. So we went from, I went from no experience as a dancer to this season, season two, I know a lot. Like I could go and perform somewhere and do a ton of tricks, and I think some of the other girls can. Okay. Really cool. Yeah. 
I love oh, that because we um, get to see your, we love that style, the gracefulness, and the way that Keyshawn is, um, she's like a ballerina in my eyes mm-hmm. on the pole. And so um, I love that you guys learned a lot of it so you could do a lot of those tricks. And I would pay good money to see that audition dance. <laughs> no, you don't want to I bet that. it was. You know. <laughs> You know, <laughs> um, I, I bet it's better I than you think. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was, uh-uh. I had like a little, no. it was a cute little, cute little thing, cute little one-two, and it did what it was supposed to do. I got the part, and it just, I hope yes. it stays buried, wherever it is. But, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we are so glad you got that role. You do phenomenal. You are amazing. And we can't wait to see how we get you out of jail next season because we were getting the posse together. Um, We we riding out. (laughs) How is she going to get out of jail? How is Diamond going to get out of his trunk? I think he's suffocated by now. I I don't know. But, um, yeah, I I have no I wish I knew I'm coming up with y'all in my mind because I had. What was that? Oh no, go ahead. You can finish. I just wanted to know what you thought when y'all read the script because I'm sure that was very unexpected. Um, for the finale for season two. Yes, for the finale. You've been in jail. Um, not escaping. Yeah. Reading the script, every time we get a script, I can speak for myself. I stop whatever I'm doing, and I stop whatever I'm doing no matter where I am. I could be at the club. I could be anywhere, and I'm, <laughs> I am reading the script, and we all do it. We would all be at dinner. I think it was season one, and somebody's mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, it's got a script. And we just got really quiet, and we were just all on our phones, like, skimming through. Because we're all fans of the show as well. So, But we're mm-hmm. characters playing, we're playing the people. So, like, what, what is she having us do today? What do we have to act out? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and episode 10, season 2, there were so many moments where my jaw just hit the floor. Um so many moments where I was like, he's like, what? Why? 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 And I'm like, Tori, what is the reason? Why Why do I have to do this? Like, I'm going to trust it. I'm going to trust it. But, yes, there's – and a few of the castmates so will be texting each other, like, did you just read – did you read page 13, girl? Do you know what you – are you ready? Do you, do you Are you ready to do this? Um, <laughs> are you ready to do this? We all just go back and forth with each other, like, can you believe? Um, we roll with it though. We trust Katori's process. There's a lot of things that she doesn't mm-hmm. tell us, just so there is a little bit of like an element of surprise. Mm-hmm. So oh, she'll tell us just that. enough. Yeah, she'll tell us just enough about our characters, but we still are shocked at some of the things that happen when we actually do get the script. So that's what keeps it exciting for us. 
Has there ever been a time that Katori has left something more to the last minute to get a more organic reaction in the acting? Ooh, yes. Um, that moment in episode 10 when that the social worker is berating Keyshawn and she's saying, you're nothing, you're, that was all improvised. She made all of that mm. up. Um, oh. It wasn't in the script. So Katori had directed that episode, and she, the woman was originally, like, very by the book and saying, like, you'll have supervised visits, you'll get to do this and that. And then all of a sudden, Katori pulls it to the side. She whispers something in her ear. And she <gasps> says, action. And the lady just goes in on me and makes me feel so small. And I, instead of stopping because I was so surprised, I, I, we hadn't rehearsed that. I just remember just being so filled up with anger and hurt and just that's when the scream came out. And that's when it, like, oh, was the wow. that she had to, like, run over and beat up Derek and, you know, have this big moment that was not – it was always planned for her to, to lunge at Derek, but her saying that, that was all in Katori's mind. We – and she held on to that in the very last minute. I don't know if she had come to, if that idea just popped into her head in that moment or if she just held on to it and kept it a secret, but mm-hmm. I knew nothing about it. And I don't think the actress knew anything, knew that that was going to happen either. And I remember she, after that take, she was like, she came up to me and she started crying. She's like, are you okay? She's like, you just broke my heart. Like, I hate that I say that to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was that. Wow. So it was raw. It was raw, raw emotion. Wow. Yeah. It's really um, great. We were, we were really lucky to have her direct an episode because she's an actor's director, yeah. meaning she knows yeah. what to say mm-hmm. to you to pull out whatever emotion she needs. Yeah. That's so brilliant. Shannon, last night on the timeline when we were doing the, the rewatch, the question came up about whether or not we thought Keyshawn would end up back at the pink dancing once, you know, once she's free from jail. So I just wonder what you thought or what you wanted for Keyshawn in season three and what you think she might do, because I think she really needs that pink family. Uh, I really don't know. What I, what I want for her... Well, first, she has to get out of that situation. I don't know how bad or how long you stay in jail for hitting a cop. Um, she did hit a police officer. She is, what is she, awaiting child trial or something for child abuse? Did she get charged with anything? Um, is this going to be a tricky situation? She has supervised our visits right now. Mm-hmm. She has supervised visits, but she also hit this this cop, and she's yeah. been put under. Mm-hmm. She's under arrest. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want her to be happy. <laughs> I right. want her to. It was a very dark series of events. I want some light for yeah. on, and it will be fun to go back to those moments where she was 
a comedian and she was a big ball of energy and she lit mm-hmm. up the room. I'm looking forward to those moments. And I'm looking forward to, yes, her having another another moment at the pink where she gets to dance and she gets to, to fly. Mm. For sure. I don't know how, like, Autumn had set her up with all of this money. I don't know where the money is, so I think she has to pretty much start from scratch. I imagine Derek has the money now. Or That's someone what found I it. Get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's tons of baby, baby clothes. I think that's all gone from by now. So I think she really has to it's gonna it's gonna take some time and I think she's gonna be stuck in Chuckalisa for a little bit. Unless she has some other plan, I don't know. Mhm. For a while, um, I had this theory that you I'm, never really get to leave. Mm-hmm. I was saying, I had this theory that you never really get to leave Chuckalisa. Like, Chuckalisa is that mm-hmm. place where you think you're leaving, but you mm-hmm. don't. And so far, I think uh, Haley's the only one who successfully <laughs> escaped. But then it's like, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but maybe in some type of mm-hmm. way she can come back. <laughs> it's like you never get to you never get to get leave Chuckalisa for too long. That's just something I yeah. feel. It's been feeling like you know an episode of Good Times. <laughs> like, what else could go wrong? For real. Like that. Um, I hope so. I hope she gets she, she gets her moment to. If not leave, if, even if she doesn't leave, she needs to just have a happy life, you know. And I honestly, I yeah. think people want to kill Derek. I think he's, <laughs> I think he's a great, he's a great villain. He is a great villain, and it makes the show exciting that he's that he's mm-hmm. there and that there's this antagonist. I agree. He's doing an amazing he's job because. <laughs> what was he's that? He's a great actor. Oh, no, oh, I was just is. saying, he is the best villain because we, we, we are also trying to plan how we can go and handle uh, <laughs> Keyshawn Lightweight because we love Jordan, and it's like, it's like a double-edged sword. It's like we love Jordan, and we want him to get, you know, all his shine. At the same time, we're we ready for him to go, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. People are, are contacting other actors on the show thinking that they're Jordan. And I've heard some crazy. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my they contacted a completely different actor who doesn't even play oh. Derek. They crazy things. Um, and they played it for me. They're like, they think I'm this guy, and I'm like, oh my God. But and I, I can't even imagine. I'm sure Jordan's uh, Jordan's DMs are probably in shambles. But um, he. <laughs> He is one of the sweetest, most gentlest souls. He checks in on you, makes mm-hmm. sure that you're okay. Um, mm-hmm. He also has, when he turns Derek on, he has this quality that is terrifying, um, even when he speaks in a quiet voice. Um, we auditioned two actors. I've talked about this before. But um, we auditioned two actors for Derek, season one. Um, and they have gotten to the chemistry room. So they came mm-hmm. to Tyler Perry Studios in the final callback. We were already in the middle of filming. Um, 
they pulled me out of the makeup trailer. They're like, they have two guys they want you to, to test out. So there's one guy who goes in, and I'm reading off the page a scene that we hadn't shot yet, and then they bring in Jordan. Jordan did this thing, and it was so quiet. He scared me so bad. And I, this is not even my audition. I already got the card. This is his audition. He made me cry. And he did this thing where it got quiet, and all of a sudden he yelled at me, and he made me feel horrible. And I just remember having this emotional reaction where I just, it was scary. And when he left, I'm like, he scared the shit out of me. If you guys don't pick him, I don't know. <laughs> Wow. He is the one, and he was awesome. They had him do it different ways. They had him do it where he's just completely yelling at me. They had him do it more subtle where if other people are watching, just super quiet, and he's amazing. He's he's really, really talented. And I love season two where you Mm -hmm. get to see how these two fell in love and, like, his gentler side as well. So it doesn't feel like it's one color and one note for him. But, um, mm. yeah, Jordan. That's dope. I always love seeing Jordan act because I know that he's relatively new to it because he had a whole tennis career before acting. And my best friend was yep. a professional tennis player. So I always think, wow, mm-hmm. that's such a change from professional tennis to acting and just how phenomenal he is in acting yeah. to be so new to it. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's really, really, really talented. And all of the fight scenes, they seem really intense and brutal. Some of them are, but they're all rehearsed. Everybody is safe. And mm-hmm. even the people on, we film on a, a sound stage. So a lot of the houses are next to each other. So Derek and Keyshawn's mm-hmm. house is right next to um, Mercedes' house. It's within like oh, two feet. Okay. <laughs> or and then right next door there's Andre's house. So there were I think it was Elorica and a few other people. I think they were going into dance, and then there's dance studio a few more feet away, and all in the same soundstage. So they had to pause their music because we were filming the fight scene in episode five in Keyshawn's episode where he's dragging her across the floor. And I remember them saying that the screams were so terrifying that some of the girls were getting choked up. Like there were people who were, like, crying because it felt so real, you know. Very yes. tough day, but I do want to say everybody was, everybody's always safe. It's always, with Katori's writing, it's always so, like, it's so rich, and a lot of these emotions that we bring forth are so guttural. It feels very real, and it feels like a dangerous situation, but it's it's so in control, and it's, Yeah. And thank you so much for just um, holding that space for Keyshawn because she is such a complicated 
um, character, but she is the embodiment um, on the show of a lot of women's real lives and just hearing how um, those scenes, like you said, although they're very much protected, they really do drum up um, certain energy because I, I remember watching the show and I was screaming and I wanted mm-hmm. to fight and I wanted to, I, you know, I was like, why would you say that? And then I wanted to get, I wanted to get in there and help. Like you guys really do an amazing job of making us feel all of those emotions that are very real for a lot of people. And I know not everyone can handle that. So um, I just want to send you lots of love and light and appreciation for just holding that space for all of the Keyshawns and also helping teach people who don't know about that lifestyle because it's easy to say what you would do when you've never been in that situation and you've never had to think Mm -hmm. from that person. So, yes, you do an amazing job because when I tell you I wanted to get through that screen, when he had that iron, I was screaming at my own screaming like, yeah. please, please, please. Oh, that's a really good. thing. It's, it's very, um, you have to be a really evil, evil person to want to disfigure somebody like that and, and put a hot iron to someone's face. Um, mm-hmm. Who is the mother of his children who you supposedly Ooh. love. Like that is, is really, really evil and vile. So, um, yeah, yeah, that was that was tough. But I will say this, though, Shannon, I do appreciate that you do have fun moments and light moments. Your friendship with murder has been wonderful to see. Like that friendship developed and how you helped murder um, with relationships with Cliff how he helped you, mm-hmm. and I can only imagine when he finds out that you are in jail. I'm just ready for the <laughs> drama, but I also, I'm just so happy that you did get some pleasant moments because they were very enjoyable for us. Um, yeah. 103 goes up. Every time. One, I mean, 203, sorry. 203 goes up. Yeah, he's right. big murder now. He actually committed a homicide. <laughs> yeah, he's big murder. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Shout out to Alphonse. He's the he's the best scene partner. He's one of my favorite scene partners. So we have a lot of fun together. He's my first. Um, he's the first person I met on the show. We met in New York uh, at the airport. So a lot oh, of energy. He loves. Okay. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> oh, that boy. Oh, man. <laughs> he was like, what's up, queen? What's up, homie? How you doing? Like, congratulations. You know what? Really exciting, you know? <laughs> and we just, we were just friends instantly, and we have, we've had a lot of firsts together. Like, uh, when we did Essence, uh, Essence Fest, it was just um, me and him. I forget what we were even doing because it was just pandemonium, but we got to experience that together, and um, that wasn't lost on us. You know, oh, oh, it's a lot of performed. performed at the store, right? That wasn't supposed to be a performance. That was <laughs> that was his performance. That was we were just walking through <laughs> Essence, and the security—it was this older guy. God bless him. 
God bless him because we stressed him out all day. Um, and me and him, we just, we love the energy of the crowd. We've never been to Estes before, and we're just wandering around like little kids. And we're like, oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. And he's like, no, nah, man, I want to feel the people. Like, I want to, you know. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so we had an interview. And we were supposed to just leave. And we're like, no, we want to, like, we're here. We're in New Orleans. We see this uh, Mayel Cosmetics booth. It's neon pink. And we were supposed to just take a picture in front of it because it reminded us of the pink. We had no idea what was going on. I'm like, oh, a girl's getting her hair done. All of a sudden, everybody just starts following us. And then Alphonse in the spirit just gets up on the counter of the Mayo Cosmetics thing and he starts performing. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what do I do? <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm I'm Keyshawn now. So <laughs> that's how yes. I am. <laughs> like, all right, we're just going to, I'm going to go with this. I'm going to just have his back because. What else do I do? <laughs> and it was so funny. But it's so funny that because he always funny. says he's not a rapper. Alphonse says, I'm not a rapper, I'm not a rapper, but, uh, sir. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> he gets caught up in the spirit, and I get caught up in the spirit of hype, man. Um, but that was <laughs> that was a fun time, and we have the best. We have the best, funniest moments on set, especially season two, especially on tour. I wish they had a camera following us around. Sorry, I'm very nameful right now. Um, Following us around while we're filming because we have some really funny, like Blue Kimball, who plays plays, uh, Rome from Blue Glass. Hilarious. He's one of the funniest people ever. Ever and you never really get to see that, but he's and then you get all the guys together. John, who plays Big Cheek, so funny, so silly, and we're all. I was around the guys all season. We all we did was just laugh. All we did was laugh. So the best time. Brandon, who plays DJ, never scared, high energy because he's so young, just always him. jumping around. <laughs> everywhere yeah <laughs> we had a blast I love Skylar who plays Gidget we have great chemistry oh, she's yeah. um a lot of fun yeah okay one question go ahead go ahead Chris. no go ahead I just have one question and I'm, I'm gonna be done because I know you've been on the phone with us for so long and we appreciate it um <laughs> But but do you know how old Keyshawn is? How old Murda is? Like how old is everyone? Do you know that? Um, I know how. Oh, I think I know how old Keyshawn is. Um, because I have a birth certificate. Uh, he is. <laughs> I think she's about twenty-four. Oh, she's in her early okay. okay. I mm-hmm. play her a little, I like to play her a little younger. Um, mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. to play her as like a, Alexa, stop. Why does she do that? 
sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, sorry, my my house is just talking to me. Um, I play her as like maybe eighteen or nineteen, but she's in her she's in her early twenties. Remember, she had just graduated high school. Those flashbacks were only a few years before. Mm-hmm. Right. So, are you okay. thinking Murda is an older brother or a younger brother to Keyshawn? I think that he is. I think he's a little older. I, in my in my mind's eye, in my imagination, I think he's like a couple years older. Older. Right. Our bond is actually young, mm-hmm. but in real life, but um, I think he's one of the youngest cast members on the show, if I'm not mistaken. But I imagine him just who Lil Murda is to be a little older. Yeah. Or you never know. I I don't know what they're like. I don't know what when he graduated high school. I don't. I don't know. So they may be the same age. Who knows? But you definitely don't see him younger than Keyshawn. I don't think so, and I could be very wrong. That's a Katori question. We'll we'll make right. things up in our minds sometimes as actors, like what makes <laughs> sense to us. He right. knows the answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he and as fandom members too. <laughs> what was that? And we make stuff up in our mind as fandom members too. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So I thought everybody from the show, for the most part was from the, the same-ish area where they didn't have much. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Keyshawn had it like that until we filmed, until we pulled up to her house. And I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't know Keyshawn lived in yeah. a huge house, you know, with these, with a full full family. Her Her dad was kind of there mom, two mm-hmm. sisters, I, I didn't know, or stepmom, rather, and lost it all for Derek. I did not know that. I saw out of everybody, maybe yeah. Autumn came from an upbringing like that. It's based on how Keyshawn spoke. I didn't think, my mind didn't go there, so that was a surprise for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think you posted the pictures of that house recently. You were like, uh-huh. there's like this whole pool in the back. Was it you that posted it? Oh. Like a whole pool in the background and in the backyard. And all of the childhood the pictures of the Harris sisters. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was, shout out to um, the, the ladies who played the, um, the stepsisters and the mom. We had so much fun filming those scenes. Like, I couldn't stop laughing at one of the scenes, and I felt so bad because it was supposed to be so serious. But um, we had a great time. I didn't even realize I had mashed potatoes in my mouth when she threw it at me, but oh, she had a I think I was in my mouth. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, you know, we got it out for the stepmama, and the, we, we got it out for her, too. She on the list oh. with Derek. <laughs> oh, she's so mean. She's so mean. Ooh. So mean. We got her. 
She does not care about her well-being. She cares about the texture of that girl's hair, of that little um, regal's hair. Right. Like, oh, she's going to have such a nice hair. I'm like, oh, my God. This woman. Yeah. Man. It was really awesome of you to call us. Oh, yeah, we thank you so oh, much. This thank you for calling. So freaking amazing. We absolutely, absolutely love That's you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank and you. Tell, and, uh, tell your mom thank you for listening. We appreciate her also. Yes, yes. we appreciate Miss Sherry. She can call. That is so amazing. Because we really are like some fans that just decided to do something. We don't know who listens and who doesn't. So knowing that your mom listens to us, I know for me personally, that has been so, like, awesome. Because it's like, oh, wow, people really just like us. (laughs) Yeah, see, I feel like even if I wasn't on the show, she would be watching the show. Um. She's a huge fan of P Valley, so she knows things. She knows things that I just don't. She she follows. Well, she doesn't follow. She doesn't have a Twitter, but she just. I'm like, how do you even know how to work a Twitter? I don't know how you even figured this out. But um, she keeps me in the loop. <laughs> so okay. I yeah, know. I'm, I'm like, she's not on. not on Twitter. She's not on Twitter, but she knows about the show, and, like, that's, that's oh, amazing. Yeah. You can go oh. on, you know, you don't have to have an account. She'll just, like, look up hashtag P-Valley, and she'll just look oh. mm-hmm. things up, see what people are saying about her daughter. She's like, if it's something not nice, she's like, they love you. I don't got a Twitter. They love you. Like they were cut for the girl. I'm like, mom, you don't. I don't think you understand how. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's okay. Yeah, that's that's not she, <laughs> <laughs> she she loves you guys' show. So yeah, thank you, thank you. What are you guys? Um, what is the episode that you'll be rewatching next week, or do you let everyone decide collectively? We. We did that last, before the hiatus, we had poll watches, right, where everybody would vote. Oh. And we went, through, we went through all of that for 18 weeks straight. And Ooh. then we took a hiatus during the holidays, and now we're running it back in order. So next week is four. Next week is 104. Ooh. That is a fun <laughs> one. Okay. That is a yeah, fun one. Okay. <laughs> Are you gonna pull up? Yeah, I'm gonna rewatch with you, Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't. <laughs> I, I didn't know next week was four. That's a good one. That's one where um, I think Keyshawn and Murda their lives changed at the same time. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's one of the favorite episodes. We're a wild bunch. It's gonna be crazy. I know your area code. Make sure I answer. And make sure I answer this call as soon as you pop up. If you call us next week, we watch for 210. So we'd love to have you pull up with us on the Twitter for 104 for sure. Mm-hmm. It would yeah. be fun if a, if a couple of us at the same time could call in and um, go back and forth with y'all. That would be cool. 
I think y'all should that discuss that. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's like a plan. Right. And y'all just yeah. we're gonna let y'all commandeer the show every time. You know, we rewatch we've been rewatching and rewatching, we watch rewatch during the week. We do that. So if y'all just wanna come and commandeer the show, um we gonna let you do it. We gonna let you do it. Just let it be known. <laughs> yeah. If we go this on here, I'll be on the show for y'all. like three hours just to be prepared. That's fine. <laughs> but, um, yeah, if yeah, cool. calls in, oh yeah, oh yeah, we go off live for two, after two hours. The show goes off live, but guess what? We have unlimited recording after. So yeah, you Nico, yeah y'all y'all <laughs> call on in unlimited. We have a good little chat. <laughs> you don't want to get mm-hmm. those would be some great bonus episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we love recapping, especially episodes we haven't watched in a minute. Because you guys were, mm-hmm. I'm listening, and I'm like, oh, gosh. that was refreshing my memory. Things that I I just completely <laughs> forgot about. So, yeah, and you guys see things okay. that I I didn't even see. I'm like, wait a minute, that happened? Like you you little things that you see in the set behaviors, like chemistry between certain characters that I didn't even catch reading the script, like detective work, for sure. Oh, yeah. We are reckless with it. So is there anything um, that you want to shout out or that you're doing that you want to promote or anything before you go? Like, we would love to give you that opportunity to just Throw something out there if you want. Well, I have some things in the works that I can't really talk about just yet. But, um, oh. no, I'm just shouting you guys out. Just thank you. Really just thank you, thank you, thank you for, for all of the love. Yeah, that's that's the only reason I called. I don't have anything to, um, to promote for myself or anything like that. Just, yeah, just show my appreciation oh. to you guys. Well, oh, yeah, no, we don't support thank whatever so it much. is. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah, and in the future, if you have yeah. something, you can always come on here and promote whatever you want to promote. We got you covered, no oh, matter what. Thank you. Oh, you know for what? Sure. My castmates are nominated for NAACP Image Awards. So mm-hmm. if you haven't already, go vote. It is open to the public. The show is in February. We're nominated in six categories. Vote, vote, vote. Yeah, we got we a whole campaign, campaign going, campaign. girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Shannon, after after you get off, Shannon, we created a NAACP drop, and I'll be playing that. And we've been running a mean campaign at, on all our accounts. We're so proud of y'all. Yeah. So proud of y'all. Uh, yeah, we're we're all really excited, and I'm I'm, I'm excited for them, especially their individual categories. For sure, we worked mm-hmm. so hard. Yes, um, and you deserve your thing. You deserve it, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Thank you for picking oh, up. Okay. I know I phone number looks like a like a telemarketer or something. But <laughs> I mean, no, no, but truly, it's, it's, it's better. It's better than Alphonse because when Alphonse came on our show, this thing said one 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 one. So I just looked at it like, oh, that's a scam. Likely, I'm not picking that up. Absolutely not. And then he tweeted me. He tweeted me and said, 
pink posse. I'm on the line. And I wasn't paying attention to Twitter. Nobody was saying anything. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Man. And then I picked up. Narcissa and him, I picked up, and they were on the line with us for a while, too. We we appreciate y'all so much. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. That would have been the worst You're to finish welcome. your podcast and you see that he tried to call in. Girl, okay. <laughs> the <laughs> absolute worst. Don't hang up after a while, so, whoo, that'll be good. <laughs> Yeah. And congratulations that was a very on the important awards lesson. that you won, too, Shannon, because you've won Thank a couple you. awards as well. Thank mm-hmm. you. For the Women uh, women Image Awards. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you so Congratulations. much. Yeah. yeah, I'm really excited about that. I'm excited for, for season three. It's going to be it's gonna be crazy. Oh, my God. So, um, I I'm can't wait. To getting out there and you guys um, having some new to watch and to talk about. So, Whew. oh yeah, don't be proud. Thank you so much for stopping by, Shannon. We absolutely appreciate, appreciate it. it. Absolutely. Thank you. Have, have a wonderful Sunday. Thank you. All right. Okay. Bye. Thanks. Bye. 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 Okay, y'all. Like, um, so there's another caller. I'm gonna just go ahead and pick it up. Who's um, answering the phone, and... girl? You're supposed to be picking up the phone as soon as it rings. As soon as you see somebody on that switchboard. You know what? Okay. All right. <laughs> Come on. Hello, five oh four. Who is this? Hello. Anybody there? Are you muted? They hung up. No, they hung up. A call dropped, so maybe they'll oh, call back. And we'll... <laughs> huh? What? Wait a Mississippi minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they, yeah. I was letting Shannon close out. I didn't want to pick that up. They were on hold for like two minutes, but I didn't want to cut Shannon off and at that moment. So Right. But okay. All right. Well we have fourteen maybe minutes to left. <laughs> maybe they maybe they maybe they did. Um yes, five oh four is New Orleans. Yes indeed it is. That's what I said, but guess what? Everybody can have different area codes. She was coming from a whole nother area code and she's not there. That's why I always say the area code. So okay. Well, that threw me off, but guess what, girls? We have 13 minutes, and, and that outline, that second page, we're we're not going to be able to get <laughs> to, you know? But um, we're going to do that. We're going to do it next time. Right. Right. <laughs> but, and the right. beauty the beauty is that it's Pink Sunday, which is on the timeline as well. So any subject matter that we did not cover from 103, Feel free to put your guys on the timeline because, honey, we wouldn't go cut that off. Okay? We, we, I just did, yeah, like, I put my pen not. down. I put an X. I put an X on the second page, guy, and threw the pen down, okay? Like, I'm so No, you didn't the X out the hard work of the hour long interview with us 
Like, just impressive. Like, I just cannot get over how much love this cast and crew shows. I Like I said, I've never been in a fandom, but I can't imagine Mm -hmm. that any of them are like this. They are just so freaking dope. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I I think I told Javis um, before, but I know me and Tamika have been in several uh, fandoms. And I will say this one for me feels extra special because of the women behind it, black women, the storytelling. It just feels very rich. It's a rich. It's not reality TV. It's not a show about vampires. It's not. It's a rich television talking about real things and these cast members, all of them, Katori, I mean, all of them showing the kind of love that they do for our show, like, yeah, no, no. I've never, I've never been in this kind of rich, as I like to call it, richly black fandom. Um, yeah, ever. Yeah. So. I, I think I'll say I've, I've been in a bunch of fandoms, and it's never – when Katori says "family," this one really feels like a family. It's it's not like that, that in other fandoms. Yeah, so that I think part. it, it yep. starts totally. from the top down with Katori, and and this is what she's made mm-hmm. it. So, even mm-hmm. us in our re re rewatch part of the Pink Posse, as somebody said, like one of us isn't on Twitter for a little while, we'd be like, "Hey, what happened to such and such?" And we literally will start right? an investigation, like. Did y'all hear? And then when we hear someone, we like, woo, okay, they're okay. We're good now. And, again, I don't think that that happens in a whole lot of other fandoms, even just, even in the Pink Posse. I think our re-rewatch Pink Posse part of the fandom is just extra special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it is. Like, we're always encouraging each other, always uplifting each other. Um, outside of just talking about P-Valley. So if someone comes on the timeline and they're like, you know, I'm not feeling right. good today. We're all just there right. sending love, sending hugs, mm-hmm. you know, whatever we can mm-hmm. to try to uplift, you know, even outside of that. And I think that's beautiful. I've never really been like a joiner type of person, but this I'm glad that to be a part of because it really does feel like more than just, you know, some strangers on the Internet. We are, we are really a, a family. Mm-hmm. We didn't even have some tussles. Yeah. We had some tussles, but, and then we just come oh, back to the timeline. Not 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 wait a minute. Hold up. Wait a minute. Not We've been an exclusive today. We ain't going to put out some really? tussles, but we had having some tussles. We don't have some tussles, but we tussle, we, we disagree, and we, and we come back to the family. So that's what I love. Look, I'm not going to lie to y'all. Y'all got some um, <gasps> issues sometimes, and, and y'all like to cut a person off oh. about her day. But I have oh, learned man. about uh-huh. the family. We ain't going to talk about that. We ain't going to talk about that. Just know that we've had issues behind the scenes, but. The beauty about <laughs> us is that we come together at the end of the day to make yes, the fr- happen. Yes. The family has taught me that we can disagree and stay friendly, and I love that. <laughs> so thank you, um, anonymous mm. person I may have blocked one time. Um. 
maybe oh, okay. possibly oh, kind wow. of sort of in a past lifetime. Uh huh. Right. You oh, know, at one time. My God. But, um, wow. <laughs> oh Lord Jesus. Not that. Uh, okay. Y'all, family. We we started by saying, you know, every family got issues with everything like that. But this is why we have weekly meetings. Y'all think we playing on this show, but we do not play. Like we have a conference call. We have production meeting. We got creativity and all that media, media digital. Like we take this very, very seriously because we love y'all and we appreciate y'all. And this is something that we wanted to do because we felt like something was missing in the fandom. Okay, and we wanted to give y'all some light, and we love the show just as much. So I'm really glad, <laughs> really glad we went ahead and did this. I get it. Yes. Thanks for bullying us into this, Koji. Sure did. You know, I don't even know how I got here. Koji was like, Sunday at three. Okay, sounds good. You know what? Okay, I think everybody knows by now that y'all say I bullied y'all, but at the end of the day, you decided to join because you love T Valley and me. Yay. Absolutely. Yes, and, and each other. True. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I'm surprised she didn't say maybe, Koji, maybe. I was, but I didn't want to hit you right there because I do actually love you. So I didn't want to put the maybe in there this time. But maybe, Koji, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Why I did that to my child father today? He was talking about something, and I pulled that right on out. And I knew he didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. What did you say? Oh, yes, I did. I don't even remember what he said. And, I, you know, but I was like, maybe. <laughs> I ain't going to you know? shout him out on the timeline. He ain't, <laughs> he ain't getting no shine. <laughs> but, but that's just crazy, like, though, maybe. because this show is. This show and the and T Valley in general have us all talking crazy. Like I, we all not yeah. crazy, but we we're using. I mean, I'm in the chat with them, and I constantly say, "They don't fucking know." Like I right. don't say that shit. <laughs> and murder, <laughs> murder don't click that, and I say that in the fucking chat all the time. And now you got T and talking about maybe, maybe, and all this kind of shit, like. Yeah, it somehow became my tagline along with Mississippi Minute, but, you know, I don't know. Yes. I just accept. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, now you're going right. to say that shit? Oh, Lord Jesus. Every meeting, she's going to say this shit. Watch. Watch her, Tamika. Watch her. Every time we having a thing, she's going to say, I just accept. And that shit is going to be my name. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to go okay, ahead and well, close on out. Um, this is Tia, um, Tia Down in the Valley on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, definitely make sure you guys stay on the Twitter timeline because, like, today you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> and it always comes to the Twitter timeline first. Job, what you got for us? Well, you can find me on almost all social medias under Ja the Goddess. Instagram is Ja underscore the underscore goddess. Everything else, just throw it all together. And um, I just want to say, like, to keep your eyes 
open. Get some FBI eyes open for bonus clips because, baby, we got <laughs> we got have bonus clips baby. for days, okay? So we can sit look down out today, for okay? Listen. Yes. Yeah. Tanika? So, y'all know I'm at your girl Jiggy on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me over there. Um, go subscribe to our link tree. It's link tree slash um, Pink Sunday Radio. Uh, all the buttons are there for you to click. All the important links are there for you to click. Uh, you can vote for the NAACP Image Awards right there. Also, if you have a little bit of time, go to PinkSundayRadio.com. Leave us a five-star review. Leave us a five-star written review if you have a little extra time. Uh, shout out to Lex, who left, left us a five-star written review last week. Uh, Koji, what you got? I ain't got shit. No, I'm just playing. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter, Koji Mama. I think Instagram is Koji underscore Mama. I mean, and yeah, that's it. I'm gonna play the NAACP drop just because. I mean, clearly that is very, very important to us. It's important to the cast. Even Shannon mentioned it. Um, so I'm gonna play the drop. And give all the congratulations to the cast, Shannon, oh, my God, Miss Sherry. Miss Sherry, pull up on us, okay? Miss Sherry, call us anytime, and uh, we will pick up for your call because we appreciate all the love that uh, you're showing us. So, okay, girls, well, I'm going to play the drop. And then the closeout, and it was wonderful and crazy and unexpected per usual. So we will be talking. Love y'all so much. Okay, so let's play this drop real quick. Oh, wow. See what happened? <laughs> Why the computer cut off on me? Wow. The computer just shut off. So guess what? We're going to improvise this close out real quick. <laughs> oh, Go to God. that link tree and y'all can yeah. vote right on there. Thank you. Go to the link tree. They're nominated for six categories, Outstanding Actor, Outstanding Actress, Outstanding Drama, Outstanding Supporting, Outstanding uh, Supporting Actress and Actor, and much love for the soundtrack. Soundtrack, we are nominated. So that is very, very huge. And uh, thank you guys so much, man. Spotify, we're on everything now. We even have a YouTube that I didn't even know about it. But guess what? We're everywhere. So just look out for everything, okay? I'm going to see if I can play the drop and close us out, but, yeah. Well, look at my sweetheart. Yes, come on, sweetie. See, that's why four heads are better than one. What's Mm -hmm. up, Posse? Have you heard the word? P-Valley has been nominated for several NAACP Image Awards. Those categories are Outstanding Drama Series, Outstanding Actor, Nico Onan. Outstanding Actress, Brandi Evans. Outstanding Supporting Actor, J. Alphonse Nicholson. Outstanding Supporting Actress, Loretta Devine. As well as Outstanding Soundtrack slash Compilation Album. Now, family, this is what I need you to do. Go to vote dot NAACP Image Awards dot net 
You have until February 10th until the poll closes. Remember, one vote per email. The show will air live on BET February 25th, 2023. Thank you and congratulations to P-Valley. You deserve it. Appreciate y'all for listening to the show. You can find us on Blog Talk Radio by using the link bit.ly slash Pink Sunday. For Apple Podcasts, go to PinkSundayRadio.com. Make sure after listening to the replay, you leave a five-star rating in the review, as well as a subscribe. For Google Podcasts, go to PinkSundayRadio.com slash Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify at PinkSundayRadio.com slash Spotify. Hope to see y'all at the next episode.